You can't do anything about it. Have your Bibles, turn with to John, the 13th chapter, if you would. Let's stand as we honor God's Word by standing. John, the 13th chapter. And uh, I'm going to begin reading in verse 21. When Jesus has thus said, he was troubled in spirit. Now, Jesus had had been speaking to them uh, about several things, especially uh, he, um, he'd washed their feet, and, and he had um, given them an example of it. And, and when all of that was over, Jesus was troubled in spirit. You know, it's hard to think about that Christ would get troubled in spirit, but he did. He had something that was on his mind. And uh, he had to testify. And this is what he said. Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Then disciples looked one on, on another, doubting, doubting of whom he spake. You know, they looked at one another and they said, well, he can't be talking about this one. He can't be talking about you, you know. Uh, he can't be talking about our treasure because he's got an important place here. That's how disciples discussed it. And then they said, then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. That was John he was speaking about here. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. And so John would be the rightly one to write about this rather than Matthew, Mark, or Luke. He then lying on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, he, he it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest, do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, that Jesus had said unto him, Buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, ye cannot come. So now I say unto you, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall 
all men know that you are my disciples if you have loved one to another. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou cannot follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. And Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you, Lord, for the time we have together today. Thank you, Lord, for this time here at Landmark Baptist Church when we gather around the, the Lord's table and we observe the, the supper that symbolizes the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. And, Lord, we just pray as we take this, as we take this, we'll take this with clean hands, clean conscience, and clean from all out. Because we know that Paul tells us, which we won't be getting into today, but we know that uh, the great apostle Paul told us that that uh, there was uh, there was great things that would happen if we take this unworthily. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us all to take it with clean hands, clean spirit, clean mind, clean heart. Now watch over and take care of us, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. title of this message is The Lord's Supper and Exclusion. Now, I know that some people don't see the connection there, but it's there. The very example that Jesus gave of Peter or of, of Judas proves that exclusion is there as far as the Lord's Supper is concerned. The following all happened before Christ instituted the Lord's Supper. All of this happened before he ever instituted the Lord's Supper. It was, it was after that. It was some, uh, matter of fact, it was, some say it was as many as a day or two after that that the Lord uh, observed the Lord's Supper with, with what I believe to be the leaven. Jesus had been washing the feet of the disciples, giving them a final example of his humiliation and, and self-forgetting service. We find that in John 13, 13 through 17. It was at this time that Jesus was troubled in spirit about something. Many times we, as pastors, become troubled in spirit about something. Most want to know what is there to be troubled about. There are many things which occur in time that has the propensity to, to put Christ, a pastor, and other religion leaders alert to trouble. You know, um, that's, it never fails. Never fails. It's always there. You know, you, you get, you get rid of one thing you think and then you got another that shows up. And, and that's the way it was with Christ. Christ was troubled about this. Christ knew that the rest of them need to know about this. He knew that the rest of them need to know why this was happening and, 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 and what, what was taking place. And, and he was troubled about that. 
and and so it was a time when 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 he needed to tell it he needed to he needed to reveal it. it this was the time this was the time hour before that wasn't a time day before that wasn't a time week before that wasn't a time month before that wasn't a time this was the time that he had to reveal this very thing to the rest of, of the disciples that one was going to betray him now if we're to learn what connection the Lord's Supper has to self excommunication what, what I'm sorry what the Lord's Supper and self excommunication has in common well first of all we must also learn the cause of the trouble why, why was Christ troubled well, he says in verse 21, one of you shall betray me. He knew who it was, but they didn't. He, he, he knew exactly what he was going to do, but they didn't. Matter of fact, they, they were, they were as troubled after they found out who it was than it was when they were trying to find out who it was. They were troubled because they wanted to know what had he done that, that he, he was going to betray the Lord. What had he done that the Lord uh, uh, told him, the very thing he told him? The cause of this trouble, I'm sorry, the cause of his troubled heart was not that he would soon die on Calvary's tree. That, that's not what troubled Christ. But it was the fact that one of you actually hate me. One of you actually hate me. That's a troubling thing. That was a troubling thing to him. That there was one there that actually hated him enough to have him killed. And, and he knew that. It, it was enough to have, he hates me enough to have me murdered. Let me ask you, why wouldn't a pastor be troubled if one of his own rose up to betray him? It troubles you. It troubles you. And, and, uh, but Jesus was. He was troubled concerning these things. It's very simple why Jesus was troubled, for he says, you're not all clean in verse 11. Not all of you are clean. His, his tender compassion, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, his tender compassionate heart was troubled, not because of anything he had done, but because of the fearful ingratitude and imminent guilt of the one who had already lifted up his heel against him. This was uh, in, in, in his heart. And there's one thing to sin openly. And there's another thing to sin in your heart. Judas had already sinned in his heart. Judas had already set all this up and got all this ready. And unknowing to the fact that the Lord was going to reveal it, uh, he, he had already set all this up and already uh, had this all set up. When we think of one going against his teacher of the word, we must also realize just how much the teacher has done for his people. How much Christ had done for them. That didn't matter to Judas Iscariot how much Christ had done for them. He didn't care about that. He didn't, he didn't care about what he'd done for other people. I mean, he had seen him perform miracle after miracle. He had seen him do so many things, but yet they meant nothing to him. Why? And I'm going to tell you this. He had 30 pieces of silver in his pocket. That's why. 
He had he had done, he had already set this thing up. He'd already been paid. Just like you pay somebody to kill somebody for you, he'd already been paid. And he'd already set it up. He hadn't come to fruitation yet, but he'd already set it up. And he had those 30 pieces of silver in his pocket. And I tell you, that's a, that was a terrible thing. Jesus trusted Judas Iscariot. He did. He trusted him. Knowing what he was going to do, he still trusted him. Think about that for just a moment. Knowing what he's going to do, he still trusted him. You would have thought, you would have thought that days, maybe weeks before this, he would have been troubled about it. But no, it came this time right here. It wasn't time for him to be troubled about it. But the time came for him to be troubled about it. And he was troubled about it. He was troubled. Jesus trusted Judas Iscariot to carry the bag. Just think of one who falls from such a privileged duty to land into hopeless perdition. Judas went from carrying the church's money, taking care of it, to hopeless perdition in hell. Went straight straight from it. We'll see how that happens. If we're to learn the, what connection the Lord's Supper and self-excommunication has in common, we must also learn the care of Jesus. How much do you think it troubled Jesus when he had dipped the sop and gave it to Judas? He had to do it. Because he told the rest of them, he said, Ever who? They wonder, who was it? Who was it? Who is it? And Jesus said, the one that I dipped the sop. I'm going to tell you the meaning of that in just a minute. Do you think Christ wanted to do that? The dipping of sop and giving it to Judas was an expression used in that day to show one's love to another. There you go. Now, you would think that to show one's Hatred to another. No. That the dipping of the sop was to show one's love to another. And, and, and Jesus, and before, before he ever revealed who he was, Jesus loved Judas. Now some people will say, well, if he loved him, he saved him. No. Uh, that's what somebody argued with me about years ago. No. It doesn't mean it means that Jesus loved him because he was one of his disciples that was chosen by Christ himself to be in the position he was. Jesus loved him because of that. He loved him just like he loved, the Bible says he loved the rich young ruler. He loved the rich young ruler. Why? Not because he was a rich young ruler. He loved him because he was honest. He was honest. You know, you've heard me say many times over the years, you've heard me say it many times over the years, that I love any good anybody does. And, you know, and if somebody, you can't help but love a person if somebody helps someone else. You can't help but love that person and care for that person if they, if they, if they help someone else. And, and you can't help but have, uh, uh, I guess, animosity against someone who will not help others, who will not do anything for others. So this was a type of love 
that Jesus had for Judas Iscariot because he trusted him. And now you say, well, he knew he was going to do it. Why would he trust him? Well, you have to talk to the Lord someday when you stand face to face to him why he did that very thing. You know, it would be hard for me to say that I love somebody that's going to kill me. You know, it would be hard for me to have somebody hold a gun to my head and say, and you tell them, well, so you might kill me, but I love you. No, you're not going to do that. But Jesus loved Judas. That was a sign that you loved another, and that's why he did it. <clears throat> the dipping of sop, and I'm sorry I said that. Just remember, he also washed Judas' feet. Just a just very short time before this, he washed Judas' feet. Now he not only he didn't he didn't say Judas, you got dirty feet and you got dirty hands, a dirty head, a dirty mind. No, he showed a humiliation to Judas that he did all the rest of them, knowing that he was going to have to reveal that Judas was the one. Now you know it's it's, it's hard, it's troubling when we think about that troubling be troubling for us Judas he washed Judas feet he washed Judas feet from the dust that Judas had collected from a secret visit Judas had made to a murderous priest behind his back that's another popular way of complaining just do it in secret and Judas had done this in secret, thinking that no one else knew a thing about it. Just complain to another and another and another. You know, that those are ways of doing it. After the sop dipping and giving, Satan entered into him. Jesus didn't send Satan to Judas. Satan entered into him. Satan took a hold of him again. Now now that you know what happened, I'm going to take a hold of you again. I've got, I've got you now. I've got you now because he's revealed to you who you are. And I've got you now. So Satan entered into him. That just proves Judas always had the door open in his life for Satan to enter in at will. Sad post, folks, I'm telling you, you can do that. You can open the door of your life and Satan can come in at will anytime he wants to. You know, a lot of people have unconfessed sin in their life. A lot of people have secret sin in their life as, as, as we talked about in the, the malady of, 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 uh, of secret sin. And, and you can have secret sin in your life and, and you leave the door open that Judas can step in there Anytime he wants to. And, and so that's why it's good, best to keep your door shut and, and, and not, not give Jew, not give Satan an opportunity to enter into your life. But Judas didn't do that. He had an open door into his life and Satan entered into him, Bible says. That just proves Jesus always had a door open in his life. It's sad, but many leave that door open all the time. Those who reject the love of another, because of a willing dupe of the devil, you know that's uh, 
You know, I've, I've had, I told you folks several years ago about the two men I used to drink coffee with. They both members of the same church. One of them sat one end table, one of them sat the other. And I was just foolish enough to ask them, why do y'all do that? And the one told me, he said, I hate him. And the one up there told me, said, I hate him. But I said, y'all in the same Sunday school class? You go same church together? And everything, oh, yeah, we do that. But I don't sit that close to him. I sit all the way across from him. Same way in Sunday school class, I sit all the way across from him because I can't stand him. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's a lot the way it is. That opens up the devil to take over your life when you do those kind of things. When, when, you, when you refuse to have anything to do with someone you should love, then Satan is open for into your life. Now, if we're to learn what connection the Lord's Supper and self-excommunication has in common, we must learn the candor of Judas. Now, listen to this. Judas had learned enough from the Lord that he was candor about it all. He, 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 had, learned, he had learned enough from the Lord. He then, having received a sop, went immediately out, and it was night. Jesus told him that thou doest, do quickly. Verse 27. Whatever you do, do it quickly. I mean, Jesus knew what he was going to do. But he said, you know what you've got to do. Do it quickly. We know from other accounts that Judas went directly back to the murderers and tried to give the 30 pieces of silver back and they wouldn't take it. They said, what do we have to do with you? It don't mean nothing to us. We gave that to you. It don't mean a thing to us. Now listen to this. Listen to this. He tried to give the 30 pieces of silver back, but when they would not accept it, he went out and hanged himself. Wonder why. Number one, he was supposed to do that. It was ordained for him to do that. But secondly, he did it because he couldn't live with himself anymore. When you get to where you can't live with yourself anymore, and you can, I remember somebody said to me one time, said people's got to be careful when they get depressed that they don't go over the top. And that's true. There's a brother that, preaching our Bible conference, told me one time, he said, the reason I got it the way I did, he said, I went over the top, and I went on the other side. Well, that was uh, that was the same way with uh, uh, Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon talked many times in messages about how he would go on the other side. And when he went on the other side, he would have to go to his bungalow down on the ocean and stay there sometimes for weeks at a time to get his life straightened, to get his mind straightened out. Now here, here was a man that, you know, amazing, amazing or not, whether we realize this man preached for three and four hours without a piece of paper in front of him at all. So that just shows you what kind of mind he had. But he come to a time in his life 
when he would say, I went over the top, I went over on the other side. He called it going over on the other side. And let me tell you, folks, that can happen to you. You know, you don't want to get yourself in that condition. You don't want to get yourself in that condition that you, you can't stand yourself no more because you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, and you need to stop it. And you don't want to get yourself in that condition. <clears throat> they would not accept it. You find all this in Matthew 27, verses 3 through 10. This is the account of one who excommunicated himself, the candor of Judas. The candor of Judas is, I'm not going to go back and try to beg entrance back again. I'm not going to go back and try to apologize. I'm not going to go back and I'm not going to try to to make it right. I've already tried that, and it didn't work. He tried to give back the money, but it didn't. He thought that would just settle everything if he could just give them back the money. It wasn't the money that he took. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't the. Uh, it, it wasn't the the money that jingled in his pocket. That was that wasn't his problem. His problem was he was just hated the Lord Jesus Christ. They, deep down inside of him, he hated him. Even when he might tell Christ, "I love you," he really hated him. He hated him. He hated him enough to sell him out to the murderous priest in, in the uh, the Sanhedrin, the court. He sold him out to him because they were after him. They well, they tried to get him four or five times. One time he just disappeared. No one knows what that means, but some mean some say it means that he just made himself invisible. They tried to get him. He went from place to place. They tried to get him. Well, the only way they could get him was give Judas 30 pieces of silver because they knew that Judas hated him. So they, they bought Judas to betray the Lord. And he did. He betrayed him. Judas could no longer live with himself for the guilt had led him to commit suicide. That's where the guilt led him. You know, the thing about it is, it's, uh, I'm going to say this. I don't understand today how people can sin against God and everything related to God and still have a clean, clear conscience. I just, I just can't see it. I, I just can't see it. All, all down through my life since I've been saved, if I did something I wasn't supposed to do, man, I've bothered by it. There was conviction. There was Holy Spirit conviction that came. And, you know, and, and Holy Spirit conviction is something. I had a preacher call me, I don't know, a few months back, and he said, I want you to tell me where is conviction today. I said, what do you mean where is conviction? He said, people don't seem like they're convicted about nothing. I said, well, that's true. But his conscience was so bad he couldn't live with himself any longer because he had betrayed innocent blood. He said, I have betrayed innocent blood. And his conscience was hurting him. <clears throat> and everything related, he hated, and, and uh, it, he didn't, didn't have a clear conscience, especially when receiving the Lord's Supper. He couldn't go back and say, Lord, uh, I'm ready to do it. Judas is a case where he chose to go out into the night rather than abide by the light. 
He chose to go out in the night. When the Lord revealed him, he knew what he had to do. You know what he had to do? He had to go back and give that money back. Then he's going to come back and he's going to tell the Lord, I've given the money back now. Can I come back in? Who else did that in the Scriptures? Somebody else did that in the Scriptures. Esau. The Bible says Esau sought repentance for what he did. He could find none. Judas did too. Judas repented. You know I preached that here a while back. Judas repented of what he done. But he couldn't find any repentance. Let me tell you, folks, don't get yourself in a condition where you can't find any repentance for what you've done. And, you know, if you pile sin upon sin, you know, the Bible talks about heaping coals of fire upon coals of fire on your head. You know, the Bible speaks about that. When you get so many coals of fire heaped up on your head, you can't turn around. You can't go back. You may think you can. That's the man that returned unto his house. But he find his swept in empty and garnished. He never found no peace in returning to his house. He never found no peace. Judas would have found no peace if those people had taken the money back. He still wouldn't have found any peace because he betrayed innocent blood. Think about it for a few minutes what Judas went out from. He went out from the best company a man can have. He went out into a world of God-hating creatures, Christ-murdering thugs. He went out from the rule and service of the Son of God into the hands of Satan. He went out from the church of love into the night of darkness and despair. He went, he went out from, he went from the light of the world to the darkness of hell and perdition. He went out to his own place, Acts one twenty five says. Judas, like many today, thought that his collusion with the murdering Jews who sought to murder Jesus would not hurt him. Ooh, would not hurt him. He thought, this is not going to hurt me, man. I, I got 30 pieces of silver. I got money in my pocket. I got money in a jingle, like Reggie's little pills, little things do. I can't remember what you call them little things, but they're pretty good. What do you call them, Reggie? Got oh, you got a different one now? Okay, you got a new jingle. Well, that's good. But anyway, uh, anyway, he thought that that wouldn't hurt him. He was happy to receive that 30 pieces of silver. That's a lot of money in that day. But he didn't know what was coming. He had no idea what was coming. He did not know he was the son of perdition. Jesus had, Jesus had warned about him beforehand that he was the son of perdition. But they didn't know what that meant. A lot of people today don't know what that means. Son of perdition means that he was a non-elect person that was going to die and go to hell when he died. That's what the son of perdition was. See, see perdition has their own children. Perdition has sons and daughters. And the sad part about it is there's a lot of people who are members of that sons of perdition. But his collusion, I know you're sick of hearing that word, but, but his collusion with the murdering Jews was, he, he thought it wouldn't hurt him. But it did. It sent him on a course to damnation. 
a course to damnation, just like he did Esau. Sent Esau on a course to damnation. It did Judas. He became guilty of the body and the blood of Christ. Every soul which goes to hell has been tinted with the body and the blood of Christ. The blood of every, every unbeliever lies on his own head. You say, how do you know that? Go to Ezekiel, the, uh, thought I'd know the chapter, but anyway, go to the book of Ezekiel. Well, what does it say in Ezekiel? He says, he told the watchman, he said, if you warn them and they don't heed, he says, the blood is on their head. But if you warn them and they heed, then the blood is, the blood is not on their head. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but, but he talked about the, the danger of not heeding the warning. And that's a lot of people stand like that today. They, they're in the danger of a lot of things. And I'm going to ask you before we go to the Lord's table, I'm going to say, what about you today, dear sinner? What about you today? All right. We're going to observe the Lord's Supper. I